regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, Jesus said, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. A different understanding of ourselves. Years ago when I was starting out as an ordained minister in the United Methodist Church in the Louisiana Conference, I was at a conference-wide training event for the clergy. And they had us sitting at tables. Uh, at my table, there were three or four of us new people who had only been around for a year or so who of course thought we knew everything there was to know we're at this training but at each table there were a couple of um, seasoned clergy that were there as well and they had a program all through the morning and the afternoon but at lunch we we're supposed to get our lunch and sit together at our table and just talk and get to know the people at the table and so we're sitting there talking a little bit, chatting, and this very seasoned, prominent uh, person that we all looked up to turned to the table and, and he said, do you do children's time in your worship services? And everybody said, yes, we do. And he said, why? And he asked everyone, why do you do it? Well, not being far removed from the rigorous interrogations of the Board of Ministry, I thought this guy was a setup, right? So I immediately went into mode, I've got to give the right answer. And so when it came around to me, I said, I do children's time because it incorporates our children in worship. I do children's time because... It helps the children be comfortable with me as their pastor. I do children's time because it helps all the adults learn from the children. And then I waited to see if I gave the right answer. <laughs> and he paused for a little bit and looked at me and he said, Barry asked me why I do children's time. And I thought, well, that's pretty weird, but I'll, I'll bite. Why do you do children's time? And he looked at me and he said, I do children's time because I'm very, very good at it. <laughs> the strangest answer I've ever heard. 
And we were friends through the years and interacted a lot, but I can tell you I never saw him that that's not what I remembered about him. I'm very, very good at it. How do you understand yourself? How do you see yourself? How would you describe yourself to other people? It's not as easy as it sounds, is it? Our family of origin, the family we grew up in, has a whole lot to do with how we think about ourselves and understand ourselves. If, if we grew up in a family where humility was prized above everything else, we might find it hard to talk about our accomplishments or our strengths. If we grew up in a family where success mattered, might be more comfortable saying, I'm good at this, or I'm the best at this, or I succeeded at this. And if we were raised somewhere in between there, we're not really sure how to think about, how to understand ourselves. We all come to where we are in life through a lot of different roads. And some people can be painfully full of themselves. Some people sadly cannot begin to grasp the gifts they have or the gift they are to other people. And over the years of my life, I've come to realize that most of us are both of those, <laughs> depending on where we find ourselves in this situation or circumstance or chapter of our life. Well, in this parable of Jesus that is our text for today, we see two very different ways of understanding ourselves. And the key to understanding the fullness of this parable is found at the very beginning when Luke sets up the story. And it's so easy to miss. Luke says, Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And, not just that they did that, and they regarded others with contempt. It's a parable about two people who reveal how they understand themselves in the way they approach God in prayer. Jesus names the two people, a Pharisee and a tax collector. Jesus doesn't place any judgment on either one of those, but you can be sure that Jesus' listeners did. <laughs> they immediately thought of those two people in the stereotypes of the day. The Pharisee was assumed to be righteous. The tax collector was soon assumed to be estranged from God. The Pharisee was assumed to be good. The tax collector was assumed to be bad. The Pharisee was assumed to know everything there was to know about God. And the tax collector was assumed to be estranged from God and God's people. And Jesus tells the story. The Pharisee stands by himself and prays. And what a prayer it is, huh? Lord, I thank you I'm not like everybody else. Thieves and rogues and adulterers and especially this guy standing over here, this tax collector. 
I fast twice in the week. I give a tenth of all my income. I tithe. Wow. What a prayer. No thank you, God, for life. No gratitude for health. No appreciation for food or family or friends. Just a prayer to make sure God doesn't forget how lucky God is to know someone so special. It's comical, isn't it? Yeah. You see, the Pharisee has an I problem. Not an E-Y-E-I problem, a capital I problem. I am wonderful. I am special. I do this. I do that. It's easy for anybody to fall into having an eye problem. Our culture has an eye problem. We have to be on the lookout against having an eye problem. The Pharisee understood himself to be so wonderful and so perfect that he says a prayer to God and asks God for absolutely nothing. What kind of prayer is that? <laughs> but what a difference with the tax collector. Tax collector stands off too humble to even look up to heaven, which was their practice when they prayed. But he just beat his breast and said, the one thing, the most important thing anyone can ever say to God in a prayer, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Just the opposite of the Pharisee who asked God for nothing, the tax collector boasted of nothing to God. He didn't tell God how wonderful he was. He just asked God for what he needed. The tax collector didn't compare himself to anyone else. He didn't have to tear down anyone to build himself up. He didn't give a list of all the things that make him so special. No, the tax collector approaches God with an understanding of himself. This is who I am. Who we all are. A sinner. But more importantly, he also acknowledges who God is. <laughs> a merciful and forgiving God. 1 John 1, 9, that beautiful verse, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the tax collector's understanding of himself and also of God. He has a need and God is merciful and forgiving. We need to see from this parable, how when we understand ourselves in ways that separate us from each other, like the Pharisee, it necessarily separates us from God. To think too highly of ourselves always affects how we look at other people. <laughs> to think too highly of ourselves always leads us away 
from the forgiveness of God. As I was studying this week in preparing the sermon, one writer put it this way, the Pharisee had enough religion to be virtuous, but not enough to be humble. Had enough religion to check off the list, but he didn't have enough religion to be humble. And I remembered my daddy talking with me when I was growing up, a painfully overly religious boy, about being, uh, thinking too highly of yourself as a Christian. He said, son, if you're ever a good enough Christian to brag, you wouldn't because you'd be humble. And if you're ever a good enough Christian to brag, you won't have to because everybody will know that from the way you live your life. Good words. A good way of understanding ourselves. So in a culture that exalts the understanding of the self that the Pharisee has, <laughs> Jesus calls us to be different. Jesus calls us to understand ourselves as humble sinners loved by God and saved by grace. Jesus calls us to be different in having an understanding of ourselves that unites us with all other human beings as opposed to the understanding of self that the Pharisee had that separates and divides and hurts. That understanding of ourselves leads to forgiveness. Jesus ends that parable by saying it doesn't only lead to for forgiveness, it leads to being exalted. <laughs> it means you become the person God's created us to be. And when we live into that kind of understanding of ourselves and we experience God's forgiveness, we live different. We live with grace and forgiveness and love. And God can use that to bring the world to a better place. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.